Happy New Year. It is 2022 and I'm wondering if you made some New Year's resolutions. Only 8% of the people who make New Year's resolutions will actually accomplish them. And so with statistics like that, meaning 92% of us won't accomplish our New Year's resolutions. It's interesting because they say it's still a good idea to make a New Year's resolution. Well, I made one, and that was simply to read my Bible this year. But I still want to talk about how to go about the year 2022 in a new way, in a mind, body, and soul kind of way. Hi, everybody. I'm Chrissy Bakke. I'm the hippie Christian who cares, meaning I care about you and I want to share my Jesus with you. Um, but also, like, who cares? I'm Chrissy Bakke and I don't pretend to be anybody other than who I am. I don't have a degree in theology. I'm not a pastor. I just am a lover of Jesus and a studier of the Bible and like to share what I know in hopes that you will want to get to know my friend and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And so talking about New Year's resolutions, and I did make one, and that was to read my Bible. I get real um, borderline OCD in regards to Bible reading. It was something that I just wanted to do, was read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and say that I did it. Kind of like when you want to run a half marathon or a 5K or a full marathon or do Iron Man or any other achievements you want to do. Somehow I felt like that was something that I wanted on my resume for life. Guaranteed, you can't really put that on a job resume. Nobody cares, but somehow it feels like an accomplishment. Interestingly enough, once I did, I found myself wanting to read more. And even better than that, I found myself wanting to know God better and wanting to build that relationship better. And I found myself falling in love with Jesus Christ and knowing without a doubt that he was in love with me. And that is true about you too. And so... That's the only New Year's resolution I have made, but I've made many in the past. One year, I made a resolution to read a book a month, and I actually documented them. Oh my gosh, actually a fun thing to do, and I enjoyed it so much. Read Donny Osmond's um, autobiography and Marie Osmond's autobiography. I will tell you, Donny's was delightful. Marie's, wow, a little bit dark, bless her heart, a lot of issues, and um, still made me love her. Both of the books made me love the Osmonds, 
But um, so that was fun. And I absolutely judged a book by its cover. And that's how I picked lots of the books. There was a couple times where I wanted to write the author and say, why? Why did you write this book? And why did you ruin the ending? And so, um, yeah, I even made my own little journal. So I wrote a book about my own books and uh, did my own critiquing. Hilarious. Just to go back and read that, I saved that. Um, and it does crack me up and it reminds me like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot I even read that book. There are some books that are really hard to read. And I'm completely digressing over the point because New Year's resolutions, um, yeah, like we might read more books or take a class. We, How many New Year's resolutions are centered around weight loss and diet and exercise and, like I said, um, accomplishing some sort of physical feat? Also, there are those things that maybe have like a good cause, like maybe more volunteering or you're going to stop swearing, um, otherwise known as cursing. Yeah, that one definitely should be on my list of things to do. And it really becomes this crazy balance in terms of how much do you invest to be part of that 8%, that 8% of people who accomplish it. And I think the year I did the um, 12 books, I overachieved the books, but the rest of the New Year's resolutions I made, I'm pretty sure I underachieved. And so not sure I actually was able to be like part of the 8%. So that's part of the reason I only came up with one resolution this year. But I really am a firm believer in when you want to improve yourself, you got to start with the one who created you. Makes sense, right? If you are a believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. God created us and he created us in his image. And just like if you buy a Chevrolet, you're going to take it back to a Chevrolet car dealership to get it fixed. Well, if you want to tra transform your body or your mind or, you know, your good self, you should go to God first. And so it is this mind, body, soul thing that I think should be our focus for 2022. And I happened on a verse. And when I say I happened on a verse, I think it's quite honestly divine intervention because I pray about this podcast that I would say the words that someone needs to hear, whether it's a portion of it or all of it, or just something that anybody who listens is going to glean something good out of it, or at least feel good, or maybe just laugh their heads off because I'm such a giant nerd. But then I think, okay, here's sort of an idea I have. And then God either redirects me or he solidifies yeah, 
this is a great idea, Chrissy. And so um, I've never audibly heard God say that. And trust me, if I did, the podcast would be all about the day I heard God speak to me audibly. Because that would be epic. I do feel like, though, he is speaking to me when what I have prayed about and thought about and then read in the Bible all matches. Come on, bingo, that's God talking to me. So the verse that said, center your whole series on mind, body, and soul around this verse. And it's from Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So I think most of the people who tune in are believers. They believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as one God, a triune God, and we were made in his image, created. Jesus came down to earth as a baby, grew up, taught on earth, died on the cross, went to hell, rose again, ascended into heaven, and left us with the Holy, his Holy Spirit, and he will come again so that we will live forever. So that's sort of the whole Apostles' Creed in a nutshell. If you are not a believer and you are listening, just work with me a little bit. Think about this potential of a higher power who is God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and that we would offer our bodies as sort of a sacrifice. And not, not that we're going to kill ourselves because it says living sacrifice, but that everything we do, and I'm not sure if that was just a real giant nose breathe that I just did, but I kind of felt like that happened. And I know my sounds and my um, editing are horrible. It's just, it's not who I am. And so you just get the real deal. So if that was a giant nose breathe, I'm real sorry. But work with me people in terms of we have this God who is our creator and we're going to offer our bodies as a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Now that would make sense to the folks who lived in a day where they would sacrifice things for the atonement of sin. Well, once Jesus came and became a living sacrifice, um, and the only sacrifice that would ever happen because he died on the cross. So he really did live to die as a sacrifice for us. That 
negated ever having to sacrifice an animal again, which let's just be honest, the whole vegetarian world was much happier when that happened. However, I'm just kind of kidding on that. But for real, we don't have to sacrifice animals because Christ sacrificed for us. So when it says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, it means to utilize your physical body in a way that pleases God. And that is actually a form of worship. So we worship God with our bodies and we do so in a way that does not conform to the pattern of this world. Here's the deal. Who gets to make these earthly rules? And think especially about rules as they apply to sort of these New Year's resolutions that we have. That if we lose weight, we'll be happier. If we, you know, gain weight, we'll be happier. If we have bigger muscles, if we run faster, if we climb to the highest Mount Everest mountaintop there is, if we read all the books, if we take all the classes and have a doctorate, if we make the most money ever or have the coolest car or the best lawn or any of those things that we strive for that gets earthly attention. And it's not that any of those things are necessarily bad, but are they the things that drive us and inspire us and motivate us and dictate how we behave in our lives? I'm like, who makes the rules about dress too? Like those are rules that I want to just break all the time. And there are some people who break them and then that becomes the new fashion thing. And then everyone says you have to dress that way. Just can we dress comfortable and fun and however it fits your personality? I have a friend who is an art teacher and she's like no other art teacher. And Karen, I know sometimes you listen and I always tease her because I say, have you ever dressed crazy like other art teachers? And she's like, nope, this is what I like to look like. And I get giggling because she'll say like, hey, look at this new blouse that I got. Kind of funky, huh? And it might have some polka dots on it. It's very awesome because she is exactly who she wants to be. I also have a sister, Susie, and I know I talk about her a lot. Um, she listens, and so she gets her name dropped often. But she's my big sister, and we all look up to our big sisters, right? And so I always love it because there's inevitably someone who will say to my sister, oh my gosh, you can totally pull that off. <laughs> and it's a compliment for sure, but somehow it says, wow, Susie, you're totally not conforming to the pattern of this world, but it's working. Well, yeah, it works. Because if you wear anything in confidence, it's kind of like the emperor's 
new clothes. They gave the emperor so much confidence that he walked down the street naked and was proud of the, this fancy invisible outfit he had on. Well, we don't trick people into feeling confident, but when we are right with God and we, when we are offering ourselves, our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, we can be confident in our plaid pants and our polka dot shirts and our fun scarves and our funky graphic t-shirts and skirts and all the fun things that we like to wear. Or if you're like my friend Karen, your blouse and your pants and you're perfect. So think about not conforming to the pattern of this world. So how do we not conform to the pattern of this world? Because it's hard. We are very hardwired in our brain to act and do a certain thing. And living in this world programs us to want to wear the right shoes and the right pants and the right top and to act in a certain way and to strive for certain things and, and to constantly hear about how girls should act or how people should just do everything. And is, is it the right stuff? Does it match what God tells us to do? Does it, does it match the things that Jesus did while he was here on this earth? And so in order to not conform, you have to be transformed and you have to take that hardwiring and rewire it um, and reset and tra get transformed. Um, think of yourself like a transformer and turning from, you know, a car into this magnificent robot or, you know, a thing into some giant turtle or, you know, you know what I'm saying? I like toys and fun things and superheroes and all that kind of stuff. So that's when I think of being transformed. You know, you, maybe you are the people that love those um, shows where they flip houses um, and transform somebody's kitchen or bedroom or whole house or lawn or garden or whatever. Something does change though. When you are transformed, there is something that changes. And a lot of the, a lot of times it is an attitude change. Um, the verse says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it absolutely positively starts with your thought process, with how am I going to do things differently? Is it the way that I talk? Is it the way that I think? Is it the way that I approach something? The way I react to something? Attitude, look up, look up, quotes. Wow. 
couldn't even come up with the word <laughs> quote. Look up quotes on attitudes. It is unbelievable how many quotes there are. Famous motivational speakers like Zig Ziglar, Ziglar, Zig Ziglar, for crying out loud, it's not a tongue twister. Your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. John Maxwell, also a famous Christian motivational speaker, leader. People may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. I also liked the one by Terry Bradshaw that said, attitude will change your team. Bad, no, bad attitudes will ruin your team. Um, Winston Churchill says, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Miley Cyrus says, pink isn't just a color, it's an attitude. Silly, but the whole idea of how you wear something, how you think about something, and how your attitude becomes a reflection of who you are. So when you change your attitude, you are transforming and you are starting to become somebody new. And so when we go back to when we go back to Romans 12, we are looking at, oh, and you know what I did? I clicked on, instead of Romans 12, I clicked on the attitudes. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So by changing your attitude, God gives us this promise that we will be able to test and approve what God's will is and understand it. That is really a big payoff. And our attitude, when we match it against scripture, helps get us to this point. And I'm not quite sure that I'm there on a daily basis. I think there's moments that I have been there when I've been in the right attitude and the right relationship with Christ. It gets me to a point where I know that his will is being done and then it is good and it is pleasing. So over the course of the next three episodes, we're going to break down mind, body, and soul and talk about this verse. And while this verse doesn't specifically 
mention the soul, it is all connected. Just like that song, um, you know, the hand bone's connected to the wrist bone, wrist bone's connected to the elbow bone. I guess it'd be the arm bone. Anyways, real bad at that. You know, you know that song, you know, they're all connected. So is your mind, your body, and soul. And so I don't think you should just say, hey, I'm going to work on my mind, or hey, I'm just going to work on my body, or hey, I'm going to work on my soul. We do, but please know that when you are working specifically on your body, your mind is involved and your soul is involved. And your soul is what connects the mind and the body together. And it is what connects us to God. And I'm making all these hand gestures as if you can see me showing motions, you know, up to God and connective kind of hand motions. And I don't even know what they are. I have like four different hand gestures that always equal different things based on what I'm saying. So it's a good thing that this is in a video blog because it'd be bad. But the connection is there. And so what do we do to work all three to transform us and to, to not conform to the pattern of this world, but to transform us for the good of ourselves, for others, and to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Let's take a quick break. Talks about my um, the new year and my year in doing a podcast, and then we'll come back. I work in education, and so we often talk about social and emotional learning. And CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, has like five core competencies that they talk about in regards to a student's learning and, and part of their education from preschool all the way through high school. And it's self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, and relationships. And it's interesting because as I was thinking about how we go about the balance of mind, body, and soul, and whether it's in these New Year's resolutions that we make or just in the pursuit of becoming a better human and a better version of ourselves, I thought of these and sort of loosely based how to sort of take that similar idea, but in the inner circle is God and he is the God who created us. And so because we are made in his image, we're going to always come back to the creator. So when we talk about how we're going to do this, we're going to start with ourselves, And as we are transforming ourselves or not conforming to whatever pattern of this world that we are working hard not to conform to, we are going to look to God to direct us. As we deal with others, 
And when it comes to not conforming to the pattern of this world, sometimes that's going to be in conflict with somebody else. And so when dealing with somebody else um, and our actions and looking at others and how they are working to be the best they can be, or if they're not necessarily, we, we can't judge anybody's hearts. So we see somebody and we judge based on what we see and how we act on it becomes the real test of our judging. And so we look to God. We look to God when we are pleased with somebody and when we are not. And when we need to work on respect or when we need to work on differences. And so we look to God. Um, control. Um, what can we control in this world? As we are, again, looking at what the world expects compared to what God expects and, and having a different attitude towards the things of this world that are exactly that momentary and earthly and we can't take lots of the things of this world with us none of the things of this world and so we look from the things that we can control and can't control and ultimately give all the control to god and so that also fits in with choices the choices we make, the choices we make as we are in our jobs or as we are working on resolutions, things like healthy eating and exercise and any kind of challenge that you have given yourself. Same with the ones of, you know, reading and courses and Things that you are putting in your mind, um, may, maybe you're loving binge watching different shows and things like that. And so all those choices, giving those choices to God and God wants us to enjoy amazing things and movies and books and fashion and music and, you know, all of the things things that he has given these amazing humans with talent and creativity to delight us. But again, is it in relationship with God and is it pleasing to God? And then speaking of relationships, we start with our relationship with God. And when we are right with God, we are right with the world. And it sometimes doesn't feel like that because sometimes people are like, you're so weird. And I've come to love being weird because when I'm comfortable with God and when God is present, which is always, and I'm recognizing that I know my relationship is good. And so then my weirdness doesn't bother me when I might be conforming to this world and worried about if my pants are too short or my chunk is showing. I don't know why I said that, but you know, 
just things that somebody might judge you for, or your hair isn't right, or I don't know, like you're, you have weird glasses on, or, or maybe you're not in that role of a job that somebody finds to be high enough. I know when I worked at a grocery store, I had a circumstance where somebody said, oh, you work at the grocery store, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. Can't deny it. And so when I'm right with God, that comment doesn't bother me. It is mind, body, and soul with ourself, with others, in the things that we have control of and don't have control of, the choices we make, and the relationships we develop. And if we all put the center or the focus on God, we begin to develop those five things in a way that puts us in this good place of mind, body, and soul. I hope you can't hear it when my lip legit sticks to my teeth because I've talked too long. I think God gives me this dry mouth when I've dragged out a point so that I shut up and move on. So should this mind, body, and soul be your New Year's resolution? Sure, why not? Or can it connect to the New Year's resolutions you made or that you didn't make? Yeah, of course it can. Mind, body, and soul is more than New Year's resolutions. And, but the new year is a great way to start, right? Who doesn't want a fresh slate? The year 2022, this could be your year, right? Well, guess what? You can do it yearly. You can do this monthly. You can do it weekly. In fact, daily is probably a smart way to go about it. Alcoholics Anonymous are real smart when they talk about one day at a time because it works. In fact, God goes all the way down to minutes and seconds. That's how much God loves us. He gives us that kind of amazing grace to be able to realize we're conforming to the pattern of this world. And, and have an opportunity to renew our mind at that moment and to start again. And we are. We're going we're gonna to mess up. But let's look for the next three weeks at how the things that we can do that don't conform to the pattern of this world that are specific to our mind, to our body, and to our soul. And just remember... Those are all connected, and together we will work to be better humans.